Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here we go. I'm playing the music and I'll talk to you in a minute. <laughs> All right. You are listening to The Mallory Report, a live radio show that ventures into the mysteries of life, as well as the hot topics of the day, either political or business. I hope everybody is doing well this evening. For those of you who are curious, it is October of 2021, and yeah, this kind of... Maybe I don't want to give too much away. Let's get back to let's get back to on purpose here. Just save that fifteen seconds of indefiniteness for when things happen. There, I just predicted the future. So, or or did I? I don't know. So stay tuned. But anyways, my guest tonight is um, Denver Michaels. Who Denver? How are you doing tonight? And then we'll, we'll get back into this whole returning finally. But we'll get to that too in a second. <laughs> yeah. I'm doing good, man. It's uh, it's uh, good to be back on with you. Uh, it's on your show there uh, a time or two, but it, it's it's been a while though. I, I don't really know how long, but it, it's been a good while since we spoke. See, I, I did the math because you know I'm always curious because I always say Denver will test this. Hey, Denver, I need to get you back on. Yeah, anytime, man, anytime. <laughs> hey, Denver, a uh, six months a year will go by. Hey, Denver, I need to get you back on. Yeah, anytime, man. I'm good. <laughs> so I looked it up. You were first on in 2017 by yourself. And then you were on with Chris George Zuger in 18, and it's been, well, that's been, what, three years ago. So, yeah. time flies when you're having fun. So, what what you been up to, yeah, stranger? Well, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it's been uh, three years since I talked to you. I mean, I don't know if it's just, uh, you know, like like the age that I'm at or what now, but, you know, like, like a year goes by and it feels like <laughs> literally like three weeks, you know. I, I was going to say, I don't know. I'm I don't not know. sure if the last year has felt like a year, a week, or five years. I'm never quite exactly sure, and a lot of Mandela effects are going to come out of this period of time. Yeah, it it just, yeah, I guess it just depends. Um, yeah, but for me, man, um, the last year, year and a half, uh, you know, it's been kind of a, a turbulent time, and, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, make, make light of that at all, but it, it's been pretty good for me. Um you know, me and the uh, me and the old lady, we we sold our house uh, last year. Um, you know, we got the last kid uh, through college, made our last tuition payment, and you know, and, you know we're just kind of like, screw it, let's uh, let's let's do something crazy. Let's sell our house and almost every single thing we own, and uh, we <laughs> we bought an RV, and uh, we're just living in an RV, traveling the country right now. Yeah, because I heard you on with uh, Everett and Kim on Extension 13. I uh, See, now this is where this is going to get in trouble, because I didn't bother to look that up, because it seems like a couple weeks ago, but I know it was a couple months ago. Yeah, I think that was probably back around March, April, May. Yeah, somewhere, <laughs> you know, I don't know exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was a few months ago, but it, I mean, it literally doesn't doesn't seem like that long ago, though. 
Man, I'm doing good then. Uh, that's how great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so... man. I I totally understand where you're coming from with all that. But yeah, when I was uh when I was talking to them, I was um I was out in the middle of Utah somewhere, and so uh, you know the problem has been also like uh, like doing a podcast or or doing you know radio or whatever, depending on where I'm at in the RV. You know, Wi-Fi can kind of be a challenge. So uh, that's luckily then and, and like right now with you i've got a little bit of wi-fi so i'm good so uh, where are you tonight if I, well you don't have to give very specifics but i'm curious because <laughs> I, I think i do know but I, I leads to a question so <laughs> i'm in uh right now let's see i, I don't know exactly i'm in like northeastern ohio um you know kind of, not real far from cleveland but not real i'm like kind of like getting pretty close to the to the pa border uh you know so, probably so, like 20 minutes from lake area so uh, you're, up you're in not that, that area. you're not that far from me tonight actually then if you're in that neck of the woods well, what part of Pennsylvania? i know you're from pa but i'm not uh, see i'm from really... western pennsylvania i'm up northwestern pennsylvania so you're literally not that far from me right now oh okay okay yeah it's a, it's a nice part of the country we were um we were out west and um you know, we we decided to uh, come back to Virginia for the holidays, and so, um, you know, what happens up in this part of the country? You know, it starts getting cold, and you know, we you know, things start shutting down. So we, you know, we left uh, we left Montana, you know, a couple months ago, and we kind of like slowly been working our way back, and kind of did like a tour of the Great Lakes. And now we're you know around Lake Erie. And I'll be getting back to Virginia sometime in November. Yeah, I was going to say, as I always tell people, if you're in my area, you're lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, there's uh, it, it's kind of nice uh, where I'm at here. It's uh, You know, and that's kind of like the thing with, uh, you know, having a house on wheels. You, uh, you end up going to these places that you never, you know, like, literally there's no real reason to like fly out there and and visit for a week you know but you end up in these places like where i'm at now and you know staying for a couple weeks and it's you know it's nice you 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 like it there's all these covered bridges and you know the leaves are changing so it's really pretty but you know if if i wasn't living on the road you know i probably never would have been here yeah i was gonna say and actually, um, I, I do joke, but the Allegheny National Forest probably would be an interest for you because, well, there's a million acres there, and there's a few stories that go around that place, which isn't that far imagine. from imagine. But, okay, so yeah. besides Lake Erie, have you been to any of the uh, the burial mounds in Ohio? Yeah, um, I, I haven't uh, really a whole lot on, like, on this RVing trip, Um most of the ones I I visited uh, were actually before I started RV and you know down in down in southern Ohio. But the other day I did I did find a little place that um, um, in what, what, I don't know how you say it Ash, Ashtabula County something like that. But uh, there you know it's it, there's not mounds there anymore, but there used to be. And you know I I visited. Uh, I visited that site and um and actually there were um uh some pretty cool legends uh you know right around that area like on uh Conneaut Creek there 
about uh, these giant burials, uh, you know, giant bones that have been found in the area. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of looking for some, you know, other places nearby that, that, that might have some mounds. But uh, I have visited a lot of them in, in the southern Ohio uh, and, like, around the Columbus area, too. It's just fast. I mean, that whole phenomenon fascinates me because... I'll, I'll, I'll freely admit this to you, and my listeners have probably heard this before, and they're probably tired of hearing this. But it just goes like the pyramids. Like, yeah, great, you can do it. You can do it, right? I can't do it. I am far too yeah. lazy <laughs> to do that. <laughs> far too lazy. Um, yeah, I mean, even well, with the benefits of modern equipment, I'm far too lazy to build a big mill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's like the thing that... Um, you know all of these places that I've visited, and you know, and and these mounds. I mean, they're pretty much everywhere, or I don't, I don't want to say everywhere, but you know, like in in the eastern U.S. especially, they're pretty much everywhere, or or have been almost everywhere. Like like where I'm from in Virginia, there's not really any left to see, but you know, at one point, you know, there were, and you don't even know how many used to be there, and and you know, some of these especially like in ohio i mean some of these are just enormous i mean just massive um i visited uh that miamisburg mound and i mean it's like so tall you know you like and you know i'm in decent shape but i mean like you literally get winded walking up the thing you know it's so tall and it just it just strikes me yeah it's not that complicated of uh you know of a of an engineering project, I guess. So, you know, you, you wouldn't really need any major technology. I mean, you just need, you know, baskets and, you know, baskets upon baskets upon baskets of dirt and, you know, I guess buckets of water. But, um, you know, the question that uh, I always just come away with with these things is, is why? Why in the world would, you know, like a lot of these earthworks not just the mounds but there's like all these embankments and hinges and things like that you know when when you you would literally like if you were one of the workers working on this project you, you know you, you'd start working on it you know maybe you're 15 16 years old and you'd be working on that thing till you're dead right and and then you know generations after you would still be working on them and it's just like why why would people, I just can't figure out, why was it so important, you know, to put all that energy and effort in these things? Yeah, and I'm sitting here thinking, as you say, that generations, and then I look at the sign that I made myself over here, and it took me an afternoon, and I probably should have stopped, but <laughs> I wanted it done, so, you know, now it's done, and yeah. it's not done as well as it should be, because I started getting cranky with it. And, you know, but there it is in that afternoon, right? Like, it, it's going to be done now, like I started. And then you're, we're, we're sitting here talking about generations of people never seeing that finality of the project being done and doing it for days and years. And I'm like, see, this is another reason I just can't do it. And the other thing that gets me about these is you, you hear all the stories about them using all the pieces of the animal and all this other stuff, and then they go to all this trouble for their, their ancestors. And it seems I, I, I've never put those two pieces together. Maybe they don't go together. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, 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 it's one of those things that really puzzles me. And, you know, I mean, there there's a lot of people out there, you know, that, that study these things and and talk about how the, you know, the 
the mounds were and, and some of the earthworks and uh you know were associated in a lot of ways with, with some of your celestial alignments and and you know some of the beliefs in how um you know your your soul uh travels in the afterlife and that sort of thing but i mean so i mean if if it had that sort of um significance that these things were were maybe necessary and in, in you know in, in, in ceremonies uh you know as far as um helping the soul um you know go go to the afterlife or next place i can kind of see it but still i mean you know i think of myself and uh i don't know man i don't know if i can keep carrying those baskets you know when it's uh, 92 degrees out and it's you know 60 percent humidity and the, you know mosquitoes <laughs> are, are tearing me up and i i just have to i don't know you know how they didn't just say look man there's <laughs> there's got to be a better use of my time than this it also makes me wonder because you're moving all that dirt and there has you know what i'm saying like i wonder if there was a a secondary reason that we're not thinking about to move all that dirt. Like we're miss again. Yeah. I, I feel like we're missing yeah. something. But okay. Yeah, I mean, we might be. I mean, like a lot of those in in you know in the early days, um, and, and a, a lot of the the theories, uh, especially like your embankments and and your, you know your ditches and all that. Uh, uh, a lot of people think or or used to think that they were more like defensive in nature and and in in some ways you can kind of see that but i don't know still uh e- even even if that were the case that's uh i mean you're you you're talking just just enormous am- amount of work like um you know those that i went to in uh in ohio um uh near columbus uh the the great circle earthworks i mean that that like like you got these embankments that that are covering like you know like a, a five acre or, or more you know in in some cases i mean they're just enormous the scale of them is enormous and and what you see today is only just a, a small portion of what you know what used to be out there and um and then you know what we don't know you know we we don't know what we don't know. We don't know, you know, how many, you know, were here, you know, when the original uh, European settlers came over, you know, like, like where I'm from in Virginia, you know, that was one of the first places settled. So naturally, any, you know, a lot of your mounds there, you know, would have, would have been plowed up for, for farmland and things. And so there, there might not even be any record of, of a lot of those. Yeah. And I was going to say, how many did we just not know were, what we were doing when we were building on top of them or bulldozing them over. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of them, you know, I, I've seen, you know, uh, a lot of them, they, uh, you know, they got trees growing out of them and things like that. And, you know, if you let them grow up long enough, right, I mean, they're just, uh, you know, they just will kind of blend in with the, uh, you know, with, with the surroundings. And, and you know, when the, when the settlers, uh, it did come over i mean there were no or at least you know for the most part i don't think there were there were any you know cultures really uh building mounds anymore you know these were uh for the most part they were they were ancient and a lot of the area tribes um you know they were like hey these, these things were here before us you know 
So take take me back. Take me back to Virginia. I know you have a um, newish book about well, a couple newish books about Virginia, huh? Yeah, yeah. I uh, back in um, what was it? Back in April, um, had a book released. Uh, uh, the History Press published it um, called uh, "Strange Tales from Virginia's Mountains," and then uh, just um, when was it? In uh, in August, I had a. Um, also by the History Press, they uh, published a book I wrote called um, um, "Haunted Shenandoah Valley," and uh, that that is uh, that was actually the first book that I've written that uh, just deals exclusively with with ghost stories and, and haunting. So that was kind of a first for me. But the uh, the strange tales from Virginia's mountains that was kind of a fun book. It, it's divided into three parts. Um, you know, the first section, I talk a little bit about uh, some of your cryptids and monster stories. Then I talk about just some, you know, some strange and obscure history, uh, you know, in another section. And then the, the last section, I just, it's just kind of miscellaneous stuff. I, I talk a little bit about, um, you know, how the uh, uh, Shenandoah National Park and its formation uh you know, some of the uh, eminent domain that, that took people's homes from them. You know, a, a lot of little, like, tidbits that uh, people might not necessarily know. So one of the names that – I can't remember which book it was on. You're going to have to correct me because I, I, I scribbled the name down because it meant something to me. And I, it's an interesting – it is an interesting stories around this man, which is John Brown. Because not too far mm -hmm. from me, well, far far enough, but not that, you know, in the big picture, compared to life, it's not that far from me, um, is his old tannery before he took off west and then oh, wow. know, went west and then came back east and, well, may or may not have started the war. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, for some, that's another discussion for another day. Uh, <laughs> he might have had a little bit to do with it. <laughs> Like I said, it depends on how who who writes that history, who how much he had to do with that or not. But uh, yeah, who you ask? Yeah, <laughs> but he's all like I said, it was fascinating. Like especially when he was here, because he was kind of I get the feeling that like when he left, he kind of knew he was up to something. Some of the reports I've read that mm -hmm. they were glad that he was leaving. Yeah, take that for what it's worth. And then he went out west, and apparently, I don't know, man. That's that guy's got a story. And I know it's been told several times, but it's always fun for me to get into a little bit. Yeah, and and you know, John Brown, you're right. He's an interesting character, and in, um, you know, in my book, uh, Haunted Shenandoah Valley, you know, I I talk a little bit about John Brown because um, there's just a number of um, you know hauntings and, and ghost stories you know the kind of things that you would expect right from from a historical figure and you know um a controversial uh historical figure at that i mean even if um you know he's he's largely um you know looked at favorably you know for the most part um but even even among those that look at him favorably, you know, like his his methods, I guess, were, uh, you know, people, some people might kind of question some of his uh, <laughs> methodology, I guess, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, he's he's been spotted, you know, like his ghost has supposedly been spotted in, in all of these places. Um, 
you know, we're we're used to uh, used to Rome. Um, he, you know, he uh, led the um, the raid on Harper's Ferry in uh, 1859, and I think that's kind of what you're talking about. A lot yeah. of people, you know, considered that to be the, you know, after that, you know, kind of like war was inevitable uh, kind of thing. And, um, you know, so you have a lot of reports in Harper's Ferry of, of, of people seeing his ghost. But uh, also, um, you know, over in Charlestown, West Virginia, uh, which was Virginia back in the day, um, that's where he was hanged. And, um, you know, you have reports of uh, uh, John Brown sightings and, and things over in Charlestown. And, you know, he planned his raid um, at, a, uh, at a at a small cabin over in uh, Sharpsburg, Maryland. And, and you know, any of your listeners might not be familiar, but Maryland, West Virginia, and Virginia, like, all come together. So you're talking, like, you know, the way the crow flies, you know, just a, a very small radius. But nevertheless, that, uh, that, um, that cabin, um, the Kennedy Farmhouse, uh, where where he stayed while he was planning his raid on Harper's Ferry, that's um, associated with a, with a lot of hauntings that are attributed to Brown and his, his raiding party. And I've always just thought it's interesting. And I've also heard, uh, you know, he had a farm in York, I've heard of, um, you know, like John Brown ghost sightings up there too. So it's kind of interesting that, uh, you know, this one man, there, there's all these ghost stories um, attached to him, you know, spanning uh, several states. Yeah, I was going to say, that's actually how I got into the story, because the Tannery site is supposedly haunted, too. And what, was, was that the Shadowlands back in the day? You know, had all these haunted places listed out? Yeah, well, that, yeah, <laughs> that, that, yeah, that website's uh, still up, and it's, you know, it's you, you kind of take a lot, of, uh, a lot of things on there with a grain of salt, you know, but... Um, yeah, yeah, and and you know, I would, I would venture to guess. I don't know, but you know, when Brown uh, went out west, out to Kansas, um, you know, uh, he, him, and uh, you know, some guys massacred some, um, you know, pro-slavery people out there, uh, hacking to death with with broadswords, and then plus he was, um, you know, he was involved in. Uh, you know, in a in a battle out there with, uh, you know, some of the guys from uh, pro-slavery factions from Missouri. So I wouldn't doubt that there's, um, you know, I've not looked into it, but I would say out in Kansas, there's, there's probably some John Brown ghost stories out there, too. I would imagine there's some people upset with him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Might be yeah, a few. There, I mean, there, there probably are. I mean, he was, he was definitely... Um, you know he was he was definitely uh you know militant and um and uh and, and what he said uh, he he just comes to the point where he believed that uh, you know as far as you know the slavery issue and, and that sort of thing that uh, you know th th there was just no turning back there, there was going to be blood it, you know it wasn't going to end until blood was going to be spilled and I, I forget his exact quote i I think I, I put it in my book, but um, you know, writing in in a letter to his wife before he was hanged. But you know, basically, he just believed that uh, you know nothing was going to change until blood was spilled, and he just, um, you know, he just I guess signed up for, um, you know, <laughs> kind of signed up to get it, get it rolling, I guess. 
So, smooth, smooth radio segue coming here in three, two, one. Let's talk about lake monsters. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that was bad. That was that's as close as I could get to getting them in because I'm I'm fascinated by them because the uh, swamp near me, the major, well, major, bigger, bigger swamp near me, supposedly has a uh, ginormous. Well, this is I've never seen it, so um, you know. I've heard this story a couple different times with different people. Turtle in it. Like, probably, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you the median story here that's about six to eight feet in diameter. I've wow. heard him. I've that's heard him. And I've got news for you. Well, it's a big swamp. You would notice something that big in it, I believe. But there's stories out there of him tipping over boats and all this other stuff, so. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, you get those, you know, you get those stories, um, you know, out in Indiana, there's, uh, you know, the, the beast of, uh, uh, Busco, you know, like in the, in the forties, there was a, there was a turtle out there and, um, you know, and I, I would call it more of a pond than a lake, but I guess you could call it a small lake. And, uh, uh, people describe that thing as, as, you know, being as, as big around like as the as the hood of a car, or, or like the or or like the top of a Volkswagen, and um, you know uh, the the guy that uh, owned the land, um, he attempted to to drain the pond, you know, to find this thing, and and, and you know people were coming from all around to uh, you know to to try to you know get a glimpse of this big turtle, and you know like the you know his pump you know screwed up on him and and all this stuff and long story short you know he didn't totally get his leg drained nobody found the turtle but i mean you know these these big turtle stories there there's a few of them out there um you know out in um one place i visited and not on this rv trip but but a couple of years ago was uh bottomless lakes uh out in uh roswell new mexico and um the, these lakes there there's like there's like eight or nine lakes in this state park and they're they're basically uh yeah uh, sinkholes you know like, like these limestone sinkholes that have, that have filled up with water and there's a story there of a turtle that uh you know has been described as uh the size of a Volkswagen and you know nobody's um nobody's ever ever found it or, or found anything conclusive but you know there there are a few of those turtle stories out there so uh, the german time runner pops up here what's the most popular cryptid near you in virginia and have you ever seen it that'd be uh, uh the most the jersey devil no <laughs> <laughs> i guess that you know the most popular cryptid i mean i, I think you always got to say bigfoot's the most popular cryptid right i mean i mean no matter what no matter where i mean that's that's always going to be the one seed for folks um you know there are some uh gosh there you know virginia there are a few um more than a few actually uh supposed to sheep squatch um sightings and uh you know your listeners could uh you know, kind of piece together what that is, right? It's, uh, it's a cross between, uh, you know, a, a sheep and, and a and a Sasquatch, um, and there there have been a, been a few of those, especially 
uh, in southwestern Virginia, like um, uh, I think down around um, uh, down around the Lynchburg area, uh, around Patrick County, and down that way, and uh, and even over, you know, kind of closer over to the West Virginia line. There, there's been a few of those. Um, I've personally never seen anything like that, and and uh, you know, I've, I've never never seen a Bigfoot, you know, for that matter. But uh, there are some strange stories like that out there. No, but what is what's the regional thing down there? Because I, I, I was joking about the Jersey Devil, and then you've got Mothman over West Virginia. Uh, well, regional, uh, okay. So regional, there would be. It, it, it's like a variation of um, of Bigfoot. They they call it the wood booger, like down in um, you know southwestern uh, Virginia, like down in uh, you know Wise County, um, Lee County, down you know down kind of where uh, Virginia meets up with uh, Tennessee and Kentucky. That that's kind of a regional deal, I, I guess. Um, you know, one of your uh, regional deals too for Virginia would be devil monkeys. Uh, your your best, you know, you you have supposed devil monkey sightings all over, but uh, Virginia is where all of the uh, uh, best reports come from. Uh, like in Smith County, there um, since the fifties, there there's been sporadic reports. Uh, you know, just of these these freaking monkeys that are, that are mean and <laughs> like attack people and stuff. And and also over in uh, like over in Goochland County, um, you know near Richmond, uh, you know uh, it's, I think as recently as you know uh, you know maybe like five years, five six seven years ago, there there were some sightings there. So Virginia is kind of I think your leader in the clubhouse as far as like devil monkeys go. And, you know if you're talking kind of more regional. So you've been at this cryptid game for a while. What's the strangest one you've heard about? Oh, God. I mean, there's just... Gosh. I mean... I mean, you know, like we were just talking about sheep squatch. I mean, <laughs> I was gonna say that, that is pretty good, but I had I have figured I've, I, I figured mean, if there had, there had to be one, there almost has to be one better than that, though. That we're just um. yeah. Oh God. I mean, and 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 then too, I mean, like when you're talking cryptids. I mean, I guess technically a cryptid would be like an undiscovered animal, but some of these uh, the, the, these weird creatures, um, you know, you don't think could really even exist in nature. So you wonder if that's something more like in the, uh, I guess, metaphysical realm, you know. But, um, gosh, what? I mean, your, your strangest thing, I mean, I mean, you know, I've heard all kinds of things. I mean, I've heard... I read a lot of uh, reports of um, pterosaur sightings and, and, in, and like populated places, like uh, you know, uh, outside of um, uh, just just outside of Charlotte, uh, North Carolina, and, and Raleigh-Durham uh, area. Um, you know, certainly, I wouldn't rule out that something like that could exist, but you know, you wouldn't think that it would be flying over over Raleigh. Right, I mean that's that's pretty crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say that is pretty crazy. So now that you've kind of been out and about, and really out and about, more so in the last year or so, is there a, a region of the country that strikes you as somewhere? Because I okay, 
you're from Virginia, you know what I'm going to say here. Like, this region to us, this northeast region, seems like it's the most cryptid, the most haunted, the most whatever. Like, we've got it locked down, and we're we're it. Of course, we're a little biased when we say that, right? Because we hear, everything we hear is from yeah. around us. Is, is, the, is the, like, the West Coast as um, active, for the lack of a better word at this point, but we're just not paying attention to it because it doesn't affect us? I mean, I think that that could be. I've, I've not really, um, I've not really spent too much time in the West Coast, but uh, I spent a lot of time in, um, you know, in Utah and Arizona um, back in earlier part of the year, and you know, there's a lot of there. There are a lot of strange things out there. I mean, they they do have, um, you know, just as um, you know, just as many Bigfoot sightings and, and things like that. They, you know, they they've got the the UFOs. Um, you know, when you're when you're at a town out that way, they they've got the they've got the haunted hotels and 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 all that good stuff. And uh, you know, of course, a lot of that is you know more associated with uh, a lot of your your. Um, what do I want to say? Like your your old west type stuff, you know. I guess out you know out where where we're from, out on the east coast, it's been settled settled so long, I guess, or or you know, people have been been uh, living out there so long that there there seems to be a little more history. But out west, uh, especially like Utah, Arizona, I think it's kind of cool. Like a um, a lot of the uh, the petroglyphs and and things out there there's just so many sites with all these all these petroglyphs and um you know some of those uh figures drawn on on the walls and stuff um to to me it would indicate that uh that these ancient people were were certainly seeing some some strange things i mean uh i've seen these, these ghostly looking figures um you know, I, I saw some petroglyphs out in uh, out in Vernal, Utah, where um, I mean, clear as day, these, these figures had. It looked like they were wearing welding helmets or something, and you know, a lot of them have these like looks like helmets with antennas and things like that, and you know, just just these really weird figures. And even uh, even in Utah, I guess I, one one of the things that you know really struck me when i was uh when i was in utah is uh i saw a petroglyph in um at the natural bridges national monument at the kachina bridge and and it's one that I'd, I'd known about and had been uh looking for for a long time or you know had, had been wanting to see for a long time and i mean i swear to god it looks exactly like a long-necked dinosaur and you know that begs the question um you know what were these people drawing i mean what what were they seeing what was the model for this yeah that's that's the strange thing i mean to think i mean because there was no science fiction or any of that other stuff to kind of seed their minds so i mean everything else they were drawing is stuff they were seeing <laughs> animals yeah, and people you, you, you would think so yeah, I mean, you would think so, and I, you know, it's just like, I, uh, and some of the figures, um, like like this one place, um, you know, about 
probably about 30 minutes outside of Moab, uh, Sago Canyon. Now, anybody that's ever watched Ancient Aliens has probably seen these these figures before they show them. But, I mean, they, they are just bizarre looking. I mean, they kind of look like, you know, these weird gray aliens almost. And then, you know, there was like this, this wall um, that... Yeah. The, the, the petroglyphs they were, they were like um you know maybe like five feet tall you know humanoid figures and like this one like had horns coming out of, like like actual like horns coming out of its head and, i mean just really creepy disturbing um you know looking figures and you know i've i've always kind of been a proponent that the ancient people you know drew these things because they saw them you know the the same that you know in the same way that they that they drew, you know, deer and, and sheep and, and that sort of thing. And you just wonder, like, what in the heck, you know, what, what were they seeing here? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't know. It's it, it's fun to think about because... It, 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 yeah. It, it's fun to think about, but it's also, I mean, it's a little bit troubling. I mean, if you really if you really look at these things and, like, how like how bizarre and, and you know and, and frightening it would be to you know, <laughs> yeah to well that's true too i can't i guess i never put my shoe those shoes on i guess maybe if i did for a yeah. minute that you'd be you'd be right <laughs> yeah i mean it it's uh it, it 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 truly is strange and um and and so like so to me i mean you know like places like arizona utah they you know, it, it's it's just as weird, you know, as it is on, on the East Coast, but maybe some of the things are just kind of like different weird, if that makes any sense. <laughs> it, it always makes sense around here, or it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know how this goes around here. Uh, okay, I look at the clock, and I realize that if I don't do this in this moment while I'm thinking about it, we'll be out of time, and I'll be kicking myself, and you'll hate me. Well, you probably won't hate me, but uh, give me yeah. the website and... You know, I, I know all the books are available on Amazon, but you can okay, t- yeah. you can run through those again and all that fun stuff. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, my website, uh, denvermichaels.net. I, uh, I also have a blog on my website. I, I put out an article, you know, once or twice a week. Um, find my books on Amazon. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel. Just uh, look up. Oh, wait, wait, I'm going interu- to interrupt you there because Kim sent me a YouTube video you did you posted today about the Grand Canyon. So. We'll come back to that in a minute. Just oh, okay. For the record, yeah, I got a YouTube channel with you know three or four <laughs> subscribers. <laughs> certainly, certainly not a not a not a big thing I got going, but I, I do put a put a few little uh, YouTube videos up once in a while, and, and once in a while I'll I'll post something. You know, if I when I'm traveling, if I, if I go to a cool site or something, I'll um I'll you know I'll I'll try to film a little video and uh, um, Twitter and uh, I got a Facebook page. So that kind of leads me to a question that Everett asked me to ask you. Um, you ha- your your books have great photos in them that you took yourself. Has that become something that you took upon yourself to learn how to do, or is it just luck? Yeah, no. Um, so that that's one of the things. Like I've kind of um, it's something I kind of slowly grew into, I guess. Like like the first book I did, um, pretty much had had no pictures. And, um, you know, some of the feedback I got from my first book, um, you know, was, uh, you know, there's, there's no pictures, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I mean, 
my first book you gotta understand it was my first book so yeah it kind of sucks i just kind of learning how to how to get back into writing <laughs> and all that stuff you know because i had a job where you know you, I'd, I'd maybe write an email once a week you know, <laughs> you know? so so you know it kind of took a while to get in the groove but as i kind of went along my next book i i kind of actually had uh, had a few uh original pictures um you know that i'd taken in peru and then as i got going um you know, I think by my third book, my West Virginia book, I, I think I put like 20 or 30 pictures in there. And, and, and I was getting great feedback on that. I mean, people really love the pictures. And, you know, I'm like, you know what, I'm I'm just going to, you know, try my best to make this a thing. that, it, it, As much as I'm able, you know, anything I'm writing about or, or any place that I'm writing about, as, as if, if it's you know feasible at all i'm i'm gonna try to get some original pictures you know and so that's something i've um you know really worked hard to try to do and um and i've logged a lot of miles on my car um you know doing that but i think it you know it's really kind of paid off um you know with, with a lot of the feedback that i've gotten yeah and i think that adds, i mean especially in this technology-based age we're used to having everything we want at our fingertips, or is that just <laughs> yeah. me? I yeah. guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't lump everybody together. Yeah, well, I mean, and you know, I kind of under, you know, it, at first, you know, when you, when you get a little bit of the criticism, you know, uh, of course, your your initial reactions, you know, to to get all butt hurt over it, and oh, that person <laughs> don't know what they're, uh, you know, but then you know, it's like, yeah, you know, when when I'm reading a book, um. Uh, you know, a, a nonfiction book. I, you know, it it is kind of nice when you've, uh, you know, got a picture to look at that's, uh, you know, that uh, of a of a certain place. You know, it just kind of, yeah, it kind of brings that extra dimension, I guess, and you know, kind of helps you with your your visualization of of you know what the what the writer's talking about. So uh, I, I've kind of made that a real point of emphasis, uh, you know, moving forward. So. I want to ask you this because you, you've been doing it and it just fascinates me. So tell me about living in the RV. Like, I, I, <laughs> I mean, we've, we've kind of roamed around all these paranormal talk, topics, but the RV thing kind of gets me because it's gotta, it's gotta be so freeing on one hand, but so, I don't, I don't want to say troubling on the other hand, but I can't think of the, the, the Yang because it's not like horrible, I'm sure, but there are times I'm sure it's, a bit much. Yeah, I mean it's. So I'll put it like this: like this is the most free you know I've ever felt in my life, right? But but having that freedom, you know, it, it brings a, a whole set of challenges. I mean, uh, what what we what we found that that we didn't expect, um, you know, with everybody, um especially last year um and into this year some with you know with everybody uh being off work because of covid and all this stuff you had a lot more people um buying rvs and and even a lot of people renting them and so it's uh it it's been more it, it's kind of a, been a challenge sometimes we've had to do a lot of uh, a lot of really uh intense planning and and i credit my wife with all that i mean she she handles all that and, and she does an excellent job but uh it can be challenging finding places to stay um you know keeping your 
you know, I'm not working the nine to five job anymore. So, uh, you know, money's money's a challenge. Right. So, you know, trying to trying to keep that uh, budget where you need it to be and to keep that budget where you need it to be with all these rising prices. I mean, that that's been a challenge and, and things like that. But um, it's it's been so rewarding. It's It's been so wonderful to, you know, to just see all these different places and. I mean, we're we're loving it, but um, it's you know it it's not it's not all um, fun and games. Um, you know, as you can imagine, I I don't have I don't even have a house. I mean, this RV this is it. So I mean, I don't uh, I, I don't have no place to go home to <laughs> anymore. So you know, we're just kind of out here. There's no safety net, and you just you just have to really be uh, flexible, adaptable, um, uh, uh, that sort of thing. And and you you know, you just got to be you, you kind of be got to be able to roll with it. You know. So without getting either of us in trouble, because this this is where this part of the interview goes sideways for both of us in a hurry <laughs> but i mean we both will love our lives immensely <laughs> but <laughs> spending i mean the pandemic has put us together more and of course you've doubled down on that by moving in an <laughs> rv <laughs> you got any tips on that one no <laughs> yeah I, I do actually and and here's what i'll say i mean uh, you know, me and my wife, we, we have a great relationship and, and we always have, I mean, um, you know, we, we've never had any, you know, in, in the 15, 16 years we've been together we, we've never had any, you know, any real problems other than just, you know, the, the, you know, the BS and the drama from kids, you know, so, um, you know, so, so we, we've, we've got a good healthy relationship, but I'll tell you that said, you know, the walls can close in pretty quick, <laughs> you, know, you know, when you're together every single day and like, you know, like I'm sitting out here on the dinette, um, which double, you know, the, where we eat our dinner and, and what doubles is my office, uh, you know, for writing and doing my podcast. And when I do a podcast, uh, my wife has to go in the bedroom and, <laughs> and shut the door and, you know, like. You know, the the walls can close in really quick. So, what I the, the advice that I would give to people, and I can imagine that there's there's um a lot of people that have that have found this out. You know how people will think, you know, if we could just get away from the the distractions of of family and the distractions of the kids and, and working, and you know, just be together in an RV. You know, our romance will be stronger, and it won't. It won't. You, you know, it, if if you if you're having any kind of trouble, and you know, you think that uh, you know you're going to grow closer um, living in an RV, traveling the country, just forget that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. It, it, it's just not going to happen. But you know, me and the wife, we're 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 fine. You know, we've um, you, you know, we still you know get our alone time you know i uh i'll sometimes go go on on some hikes by myself or 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 she'll go go do this by herself or things like that but um i i couldn't imagine doing it without her um you know it 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 can be challenging at times but uh, 
you know it's to me in this lifestyle you really you really kind of need to have have a partner you need somebody to you know you know to help you and and uh, somebody to bounce ideas off of and that sort of thing so based off this i I, this question came up in the chat room so i'm going to ask you but i i think i know the answer you're you're not towing a car with you uh, we are yes yeah. i uh i've got a motor home and uh we we tow a honda crv nice my first so, car was a crv so yeah i've got a, i've got a, an old uh 2014 crv that was like the last year that you could uh flat home um behind an rv so uh what we did when we when we sold our house we uh we actually had a honda accord and um you know we would have had to buy like a dolly and all that to tow it and we're like you know let's just let's get a crv and that way we'll have something with all-wheel drive so uh we found one with you know like seventy thousand miles on it and and that's what we did great decision no (laughs) yeah no we're loving it it's it's been a it's been a great car and that's what you see uh like almost all your RVers either have like a Jeep and an Equinox or a CRV. <laughs> and Honda, I, I expect the check to be in the mail any minute now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This segment sponsored by Honda. <laughs> oh no, I, I miss mine. I have a Toyota now, but it's still as good. But I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Now my mind's, you know, now we're talking about cars. See, this, this show really does just kind of scatter throughout everything. Um, so your head, I mean, anything else you're going to venture back across as you're going back to Virginia? Picked out? Yeah. Yeah, so we'll, uh, let's see here. We'll we'll be in PA for a couple weeks, and then uh, we'll, we'll be in Virginia for, um, I guess the bulk of November and December, and then after Christmas, we're uh, once uh, Christmas rolls around, uh, we'll we'll start working our way down to Florida. You know where we'll where we'll kind of stay till it warms up. And uh, I like Florida anyway. Florida's a uh, Florida's a cool place. It's a uh, you know it's kind of a fun place to be. We we spent a few months there last. Uh, I guess. Back in last October, November, uh, after we we moved, we um we actually went down to Florida and uh, we you know we don't have a house or anything, so we had to had to become residents of somewhere, and and it's pretty easy to do that in Florida, and plus in Florida you don't have to pay no taxes or nothing, so we registered all our stuff in Florida, and I'm a Florida man now. Well, oh, that, that explains a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> You'll be reading about me doing something stupid on the internet. <laughs> I was going to say, at this point, all the pieces came together, and this whole show makes a lot of sense. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you have free range, obviously. But this question came, I have a lot of listeners in Canada. Of course, the border has been closed. I don't know if it's open today or not. That fails on my part, but... Uh, are you going to venture to the north eventually? Yeah, so that's kind of like our plan. Um, you know, after we're going to hang out in Florida, uh, you know, since we're on the East Coast, right, for, uh, you know, to come back for the holidays, you know, going to hang out in, in Florida. And plus my daughter, um, uh, she's stationed, she's in the Air Force, she's stationed down there, and uh, she's got a you know uh, a little son so you know my grandson we're gonna you know try to visit with him and spend a little time in florida and then once uh you know once uh the weather warms up you know uh north of there 
we're going to head up and go through New England and all that. And yeah, we we do hope to uh, hope to go into Canada. I don't know um, I don't know what it's going to look like or or, or anything like that. Um, you know, we uh, we were up on the Canadian border uh, when we were in Minnesota and Michigan, but um, you know the you had to you know you had to be fully vaccinated you had to you had to quarantine for i think two weeks you know and we did we just like wanted to like go over there and do, and do buy some, some maple syrup and <laughs> yeah i mean i didn't you know i, I don't want to I, I don't want to go through a bunch of bunch of bs you know i just i just want to do some sightseeing so we figured you know we'll we'll see what it looks like um you know what at um at 2022 Watch a hockey game, but eat some maple syrup. I'm trying to think of some more Canadian puns to make them upset. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I die from a hockey puck, you'll understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've no, I, I've never been to Canada. My wife's been to Canada. I've never been, so it, I mean, it's something I'm, I, you know, I really would, uh, you know, like like to get over there. But um, you know, things have just been kind of kind of weird with the with the covid stuff you know closest i've ever been is niagara falls okay you didn't go across the border then they wouldn't let me be in a barrel either i don't quite understand <laughs> <laughs> man there, there were some people back in the day let me tell you yeah. we, we were talking about cryptids i don't i mean i'm sure you've seen some, some of those people oh you're a florida man so you understand these people maybe i'm talking <laughs> to the right guy <laughs> yeah yeah uh, great stuff I can't imagine. Well, you're, well, being from Virginia, I can't. I mean, there's that stereotypical West Virginian. <laughs> stereotypical guys, calm down. I didn't call you all. Well, anyways, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna go there because that's because gonna Denver. I'm trying to get myself in trouble here. You better start yeah, saying you're something. Gonna, you're gonna get a bunch of hate mail <laughs> from Canada or West Virginia. Which which comes first? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so. You're you're out out and about, um, doing all this research and trying to blog and trying to do videos. You still having fun doing all this stuff? Yeah, I am. Um, you know, it, it uh, it's like, you know, working on working on my books, videos, the blog, all that stuff. Um, you know, when I have downtime, and you do have some downtime, and, and you have to have some downtime, or else uh, you'll get burnt out really quick. If uh, you know, if you're moving too fast, it, it, it can kind of kill the fun of it. So, um, but with that said, you know, if you're, if you're camped out in a place for, you know, two or three weeks and, you know, it might not be the most exciting place. It's good to have, um, you know, that time to kind of get caught up on, on, you know, uh, my books and my blog and all that. Um, and that's, that's kind of what I do is, um, you know, I might uh, I might be a week or two, um, you know, with, with sightseeing and traveling, and, and I don't really get to do much work. But then, you know, when I have a little downtime, you know, I just kind of like work really hard for like a week, and then, you know, and then kind of take a few days off for sightseeing. Well, here you're headed to Pennsylvania, so enjoy the downtime. <laughs> <laughs> well, or Virginia, I, I'm like I'm like man, you know. It's like, oh God, I, 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 I just kind of been wrestling with, you know, you, you, yeah, you know, you do want to, want to see some family and stuff, but then it's like, man, I don't want to go back to that place. I just, <laughs> I just want to be, I want to be out and, 
I want to be back in Arizona or or, or somewhere. You know? He'll have his countdown timer set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my wife, you know, she's just kind of been joking. It's like, man, once we get back to Virginia, you are going to be unbearable. And I'm like, yep, you're right. <laughs> You'll be out there looking for the monsters and... Yeah, I'll find something to do. I'll, I'll probably do some trout fishing and, you know, kind of visit some of my old, uh, you know, I used to have some good uh, good places. I like to hike and, uh, you know, uh, things like wait, that. Wait, wait, so. did he just say hike or hide? I'm not sure which way uh, I went. <laughs> hike. Roll, roll the tape back. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe hide. Who knows? Well, if you, well, I mean, Bigfoot is the hide-and-seek champion, so, I mean, if you hide, I mean... Yeah, and there's you know there's a lot of sightings in in some of the old places I used to used to uh, like to hike and and even some of the places I used to do do a little trout fishing there there's uh you know Bigfoot sightings and things so uh and, you know who knows when I'll get into when I get back home oh I'm sure you'll get into trouble I mean that's a given <laughs> <laughs> no doubt oh, man. It has been fun catching up with you, and and here here's the uh, the old traditional line that I'm, I'm I say this, and Denver, you're going to have to hold me to this. I've got to get you back on sooner than the last time. <laughs> well, you know how quick the years go, but yeah, anytime, man. And uh, when you get your Pennsylvania plans nailed down, let me know, and maybe we can cross paths or something. All right, man. Cool, man. I mean, Pennsylvania is a big state. I I got to warn people, you know. <laughs> but if you're in Ohio, your odds of you going past me at least, I'll wave at you as you drive by, are pretty good. Yeah, honk at you as I ride by. Yeah, like I said, if you're if you're in my area though, you're you're truly lost. But there is some cool history up the road. But that's you know here or there. But oh man, well I appreciate you immensely for uh, hanging out with us tonight and uh, go and uh, make a s'more or something. I don't know. <laughs> Will do. <laughs> Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. That's Denver Michaels there on the uh, the Bowery Report. I kicked him, or tried to. Let's see if Skype even listens. There, Skype listens. Kicked him off a minute or so early just because I wanted to talk to you all for a minute. I kind of hemmed and hawed about some things at the beginning of the show. And I'm going to hem and haw here for another minute about things. Um, a lot of things are changing right now uh, and it's not going to change anything but it's going to change everything very good job of hemming and hawing and not saying anything there um, but you'll know it when you see it um, if you're not subscribed to the newsletter you need to be because that's where the news is going to break officially uh, when it does break for those of you on the pond right now you will not see any difference whatsoever the show will still be and always will be live at 9 p.m. Eastern Tuesday nights. That's all I can say about that. And I love that. And I love them all. And if you've ever been on the pond, and I was talking to somebody tonight who used to be on the pond and through the course of their professional life likelihood, um, can't be on the pond right now. And uh, they miss being on the pond. And I miss some of the people that were on the pond who are no longer with us. And... Yeah, but that that's another fun story, right? So, stay tuned. That's all i got to say. I mean, there's a lot going on. A lot going on in the world. I'm just happy to be a small part of yours. Talk to you soon. Hey, 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Mail Report. Stay tuned for details on saving money at the Duck Pond Shop. I hope you enjoyed this report. Please subscribe so that you can join us again. And if you appreciate the show, leave us some stars or a review. For more notes from this show or other great shows, check out Mallard.com. A reminder, the views and opinions of this show are those of the host and guest and do not represent any sponsors, affiliates, or any other partners of the Mallard Report. Now for your money-saving tip. Promo code Mallard at checkout of DuckPondShop.com where you can get your t-shirt, coffee mug, and other great products. That's promo code Mallard at checkout, DuckPondShop.com. Until next week, stay safe and keep whacking. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotas, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.